Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to a special edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with actress Candace McClure. Candace is best known for roses Anastasia Dula in the sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. Uh, she was in Seventh Son and in the Netflix Hemlock Grove. Now she can be seen in the new sci-fi series, which which she plays in. Uh, she plays uh, Dr. Landis Barker in the new sci-fi show, show Ghost Wars, which premieres on October 5th. Please welcome my special guest, the beautiful Candace McClure. Hi, Candace. Hi, Tammy. How are you? I'm doing really well. I do have to say one thing, though. My BSG fans will not forgive me. It's Anastasia Duwala. Oh, Duwala. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or everybody calls me D. No, no, no. Hey, listen, I, I get it, but, you know, I'll get tweets about the... Uh, I'll get tweets about that later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I like to say uh, thank you for uh, talking with us today and taking the time out of your busy schedule. Uh, you of course, worked, thank you. You have worked with some of uh, Hollywood's most uh, popular men, like Lou Diamond Phillips, Hayden Christensen, Luke Perry, Michael Jamal Warner, and now you're working with um, Avin uh, Joglia. Now, Joglia, yes. If uh, you know, and you were starting with uh, Avin in this new series, what is Ghost Wars? And explain how your character and Avin character are tied together. Okay, um, Ghost Wars. Well, hmm, pretty. It's a war about ghosts. No. <laughs> <laughs> finding it so hard to explain because we we're really trying to to um walk a really fine line between kind of psychological thriller and and these moments of kind of comedy um because it, it is so crazy it is such a crazy ride this show but there's a there's a remote town at the edge of alaska resilient people um and something goes terribly wrong at the big science facility up on the hill, um, and they're faced with this problem. Um, my character, Landis Barker, she's a theoretical physicist, um, and I always love playing, uh, you know, women in science on on TV. Uh, she heads up this facility. She's the head scientist there, um, and she spends the rest of the time trying to, you know, help the town and her people up at Lambda uh, figure out this problem. Avin and I, um, you know, we, we're both coming at the problem, but from a totally different way, um, kind of totally opposite. Uh, I'm a scientific, rational mind. I believe that there's an answer to what's going on. And he's coming from a more, hmm, how do you describe it? Maybe spiritual, um, side of things he uh he's a gifted guy um he knows things and he doesn't know how he knows them um and i'm constantly sort of trying to figure out uh how he's how he knows what he knows now do you believe that the spirituality and science go hand in hand i actually do um i think i think they're two sides of the same coin and at some point, they're going to meet in the middle where, you know, part of the research that I did in, in looking into, now, obviously, I'm never going to learn how to be a theoretical physicist in, in a month, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but the more I read, um, you know, sort of lay people's descriptions of, of metaphysical con- concepts, um, spirituality at some point has to play into it because ultimately there's a belief in something bigger something larger, something more than we can comprehend the understanding of how limited our perspective is um, and that we can never really truly know in, in both those realms. 
So I think one day they're they're going to start speaking the same language. Now, I have seen the trailer to Ghost Wars, and uh, it's very graphic. Uh, there's a scene in the show that kind of remind me from the scene for the, from the very first Alien movie. Um, this looks like mm-hmm. a show that I would not watch. I would watch with the lights on. And you have done <laughs> a lot of these type of shows. What about what is it about this genre that attract, attracts you to this kind of roles? I mean, in a way, it's uh, the genre being attracted to me. It's never something that I that I specifically ever um, sought out, but it was where I received a lot of my early opportunities um, for colorblind casting, and that and that is something particular about genre television, um, science fiction, thriller, horror, all these things. There tends to be less emphasis on race within genre television. I've been in interracial couples. I've been, you know, I've held positions as characters where my race wasn't an issue. It just was. It wasn't a thing that needed to be talked about or explained or somebody had to show what color my parents were. It didn't have anything to do with that. I just was who I was. Um, And I'm grateful to genre television for that because I wouldn't have a career otherwise. Um, And I think, you know, it's one of those, it's that heightened experience where people want to um, feel the full range of their emotions, even if some of those things are dark or scary. If you don't have that in your everyday life, you know, you, you want to feel that full range of emotions. Um, and that's, that's where genre television comes in. Uh, obviously, we have an appetite for it. <laughs> it's a wildly, wildly popular genre, but yeah. Now, that's funny that you said that because I, I do notice the role of women in sci-fi shows and movies where they hold very prominent positions, like you were saying that you like the, you like playing a scientist. Um, mm-hmm. you, were, you were also a lieutenant in Battlestar Galactica, and you also played mm-hmm. another doctor in Hemlock Grove. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel the roles for actresses in this genre are much better than any other genre? Now, there's some great writing by and for uh, women recently, Um, and I think television um, is really leading the way with that, and it's come so far uh, from when I started, absolutely. But I do think um, genre has a legacy of um, looking at women uh, as characters and not as the roles that they play. And, you know, that goes back all the way to Nichelle Nichols as, as Captain Ahura. Well, I got to meet her once. She's amazing. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you, you prep for these roles? Do you actually meet with scientists and doctors? How do you prep for a role? You know, it, it depends on the role, so there'll be different things. Um, you have kind of tools in your toolkit. Uh, and you see which one um, lines up. For this particular role, I did, in fact, speak to a theoretical physicist um, and read a lot of uh, what I could find as being accessible about theoretical physics. Um, I happen to come from a family of academics. Um, My mom and her sisters, my brother, her brother are uh, all academics they're all really smart people so I just called my aunt called my auntie Andrea Uh, I said hey do you know any theoretical physicists that I could talk to and I think within kind of 30 minutes I was (laughs) I was on Skype uh, with with a scholar at the University of Cape Town they're in South Africa Uh, and I spoke to him for an hour about you know what is it like to be uh, to work on these problems? What um, who are the crackpots? You know, in this world of uh, pure theory, pure imagination, um, but these high levels of mathematics. Who are the crazy people? Um, do you write with pens or pencils? What jokes do you think are funny? <laughs> you know, it's, it's more about embodying the, the the culture. You know, how people talk to each other. Um, so. I have a partner and in the show, theoretical physicists always have an experimental physicist, 
one's the grounded person, the practical person who builds things. The other one is the kind of high-flying um, theory-based person who imagines what's possible. But they always work together. And in my case, it's uh, Paolo Jones, uh, played by the lovely Andrew Moxham. Um, and so I wanted to know what that relationship would be, you know, between us. And it, and it it's always sort of us making fun of each other, but me telling him what to do and him kind of agreeing with it ultimately. So <laughs> but I, I learned all these things through conversation. Um, yeah, it, it really just depends. I, I read a lot of Richard Feynman, um, who was a, a physicist uh, prominently, I think, in the 70s and 80s. He, he's best known for making it really accessible, these really grand concepts, being able to talk to people um, about it and have them understand uh, how physics affects your everyday life. It, it is a part of your life every day, even if you don't think about it. So that was really interesting. Um, wow. And then getting into the world of the show, of course, you know, um, it's always great to that first table read to kind of hear everybody's voices, um, what everybody's bringing to the table. And, um, and then it's just training, you know, uh, being on set requires stamina. Uh, it looks very glamorous, but the, the day-to-day of it is sometimes, um, you know, they're long hours and uh, you don't get to be sick or go home or <laughs> be tired, <laughs> uh, which people usually aren't because we're having so much fun. But, um, yeah, training. Um, I, I wanted her to be really strong, um, so I started training really early. Um, yeah. Now, you know, speaking of the table read and the the jargon and the, the technical terms that you have to use when using in the speaking part, or is it hard to memorize and, and to pronounce some of the terminology while you're sitting down uh, with with these people to get to get to, to be authentic to make sure you are at, you get it down to a T? Absolutely, and. Um our, our producers put together such an amazing team. We actually had, um, I mean, I don't, was, he wasn't a physicist, but he had studied physics, and he was part of our um, production design department. So I actually had him make up, um, like put all the concepts together, uh, put theories out that I could memorize all the pronunciation of everything, what were the key concepts that I needed to understand um, about what I was writing, particularly when I was working out problems on the boards. So um, we had kind of a technical assistant there for us uh, anytime we needed, you know, a question answered on the technical side. And then um, our writers were always, if the writing room was right, near the production office, so Dennis Heaton, Rachel Langer, they were always there um, to answer our questions um, and, and, yeah, to help us understand (laughs) what we were doing. (laughs) Sometimes we really needed them. We're like, wait, hold on a second. Okay, so we just came from there, and then this happened. Right, okay, good. I want to go back to uh, when you were uh, starring on uh, Battlestar Galactica and the whole point about prepping for the role. When you when you uh, first got the role on Battlestar Galactica, do you have to watch the original 1978 series before you auditioned for the show? So uh, Battlestar was, was interesting and very particular. When I auditioned for the show... I had no idea about any of it. Um, it was meant to be 10 lines straight to camera. She wasn't a character that was really going to, you know, all I knew was I was sort of auditioning for a principal role on a mini series is what I went into the audition with. I had no idea it was going to become this whole other thing. <laughs> um, so I, there was no preparation in that audition other than, you know, I was told, you know, she's military personnel, um, she's the communications officer and she has ships trying to dock in an emergency mm-hmm. situation. That's basically what I had. Um, once I booked the role, we, we actually started prepping uh, for the, for the mini series. They sent us to boot camp. Wow. Uh, which was so intense. 
Wow. We were, at one point, we were like, they know we're actors, right? Like, we're not going <laughs> to, we're not, they're not going to leave us out here, are they? Um, no, it was amazing. Uh, we did PT, and so we threw up. We had to do exercises, training exercises, where people were injured, and we had to get them over the wall. Um, but they also had us each give presentations on our specific roles on the ship, so we got to understand um, what that was and learn all the, the speak, all the jargon, based on a lot of um, naval uh, a lot of naval uh, squawk, they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the course of that training, they did show us an episode. Um, and it was the first time I had seen that episode, um, just as a reference point, because just to know where we were coming from. But, you know, it's the reimagined Battlestar Galactica. So I chose uh, to not have too much knowledge about the previous show, just so that it I could... Uh, play it with, you know, with a fresh mind, with beginner's mind, fresh eyes, and not trying to recreate anything that I had seen. Now, have you thought about writing and directing your own TV show or movie? Uh, Absolutely. You know, ultimately, when you've been in this business long enough, um, and Edward James almost, you know, played Admiral Adama on BSG, I remember asking him one day, I said, Eddie, what do I have to do? what do I have to do to have the kind of longevity that you've had in your career? Mm-hmm. Um, and hard work is always a part of success in anything that you're doing. Uh, but he said, kid, you got to write your own stuff. You got to make your own stuff. Don't wait for them to make a place for you, make a place for yourself. Um, it, it sounds so simple and it is, and it's so clear, uh, but it is a lot of work, um, and I do. I, I have a, a passion project at the moment um, that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm Canadian, and uh, in Canada we have something called Heritage Minutes. They talk about a, a historical figure in Canadian history, and I, I had the honor of playing a woman named Viola Irene Desmond, uh, who is a civil rights activist uh, in, out of Nova Scotia, uh, in 1946, um, you know, this is nine years before Rosa Parks sat on the bus. Viola mm-hmm. Desmond refused uh, to sit in the balcony, the upstairs balcony or the colored section of a, mo- of a movie theater. Um, I'm so passionate about this story. I got to play this role. It really took me on a different path in my life. Um, I've teamed up uh, with a writer and a producer. We're really trying to see if we can bring more voice to this, to this story, um, it's mm-hmm. crazy that people don't know who Viola Desmond is, that she's not right. widely celebrated um, on both sides of, of the 49th parallel. I think, you know, when it comes to civil rights and, and women's rights, that, that, that border is arbitrary, that the experiences of black Canadians and black Americans um, are rooted in the same place and, mm-hmm. and have a lot of very similar you know, uh, stories and legacy. But um, the history of black Canadians in, in Halifax and Nova Scotia is really extraordinary. And the more I learn about it, the more I just, uh, I just want everybody to know about it. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. Um, but yes, learning how to write and structure and produce and pitch and do all these things is, is challenging, but it's really exciting. Wow, because I, I read that you, uh, I read one time that you said that you gravitate to biopics, and that's interesting that you mentioned that because I was wondering if you had the opportunity to do a biopic, who would you like to play? And that's very interesting that you said that. Yeah, Viola Desmond, absolutely. Um, I look at people like Eartha Kitt, uh, who's amazing. Um mm-hmm. I love I love the trajectory of of Eartha Kitt's life. Such a a true artist, I, in in my opinion, and and pioneering in ways so before her time. Wow. Um, and you know that's around the same the same generation um, as well. Eartha Kitt and Viola Desmond. Um, yes, it's it's about bringing visibility to to that life, you know, to that history, to be able to. Uh, 
walk in somebody else's shoes, quite literally. Wow. I know that um, you uh, go to Comic-Con every year. I know we have one here in New York City, but I never get a mm-hmm. chance to go. And people always talk about the San Diego Comic-Con. Tell yes. me about it. Um, do you try to go every year? And what is it like to talk with the fans? Oh, my goodness. Comic-Cons are, if you haven't gone, Tammy, you really should go. <laughs> <laughs> just for one of those experiences, you know, it's one of those things. It's like Disneyland, Burning Man, Comic-Con. Like, you really just have to go to see it because it is unbelievable. Now, um, I've been doing conventions for a long time. I've been to Europe and Australia and uh, all over the United States, Canada. Um, it, it's a really big deal. There are different kinds of Comic-Cons. Uh, San Diego is kind of an industry Comic-Con. So you're going there to see the hot new shows. You're getting to meet the cast. They have really interactive um, displays. The parties are really epic. Um, you know, you get to rub elbows uh, with, these, with these creators and these stars um, in a certain way. They, the crowds are huge. The lineups are endless. It's really, it's such a highly charged environment. The fans are amazing. Um, sci-fi fans, genre fans in particular, are smart, savvy people. They um, are so loyal and so sweet. I mean, they really have invested time in, in, in your show, in your character. They support you. They come out. I mean, some of the halls that we filled uh, doing panels, just thousands of people. It's incredible to me. Wow. To be able to touch people, you know, because I'm on a, you know, when you're working, you're, you're on a, you're in a studio. Mm-hmm. It's you and the camera department and your fellow actors and you're there and you, you have this energy between you, but you never really know how it touches people until you get to the comic Con. Until people come up to you and say, thank you. This got me through a really dark time. Thanks so much. I love this character on that thing. I love that she's, you know. I love that she's this, or I love that she's strong, or I love that she's gay. Whatever it is, it, it's, it helps them see themselves. And then they get to tell me that that's how it impacted their lives. It's amazing. That's, wow. That's a real gift. But Dragon Con is a fan event, and that's different. <laughs> <laughs> then it's the cosplay and the costumes, the amazing work that people put into these costumes it's it's really artistry they go there for each other at fan events and we're just kind of the background you know (laughs) they'll get to us when they're ready yes i know yeah because they really i mean some of the costumes like you mentioned they're very elaborate i saw a video video of you uh at at one comic-con where you was playing the ukulele how long ago was that Oh, yes. Well, that was Hawaii Con last year. Yeah. Hawaii Con 2016. Um, <laughs> they did. Cat, somebody snuck a camera in there. <laughs> Very poorly. But um, I love the ukulele. Uh, it's, uh, I picked it up a few years ago. I, I can't profess to play it very well, but I travel with it. It's very relaxing to me. Um yeah, whenever I'm on location or I'm in my trailer, uh, some quiet time. My father's a musician, um, and so, you know, I have great videos of my, my dad and I. Uh, he'll be playing the guitar, and I'll be playing the ukulele. He's a singer as well, so it's kind of a family pastime. Oh, that is wonderful. Speaking of your family and, and growing up in South Af- Africa, was acting always something you wanted to do? And who are some of the people that influence you? If I look back, Tammy, uh, acting was absolutely what I always wanted to do. Um, I was always on the porch, uh, you know, singing and dancing and putting on plays and roping all my friends into putting on plays for the neighborhood or, you know, uh, yeah, doing dance numbers. Um, My mom sent me to, like, clown camp and gymnastics and uh, young theater groups. Um, So looking back, in hindsight, I can see that, that, you know, this was always going to be my path. But 
growing up in South Africa, I never assumed, I never thought for a second that that's actually what I would get to do with my life. Never, ever. That wasn't a real thing. No, you, you grew up, you know, you're going to be a teacher or a clerk. You're going to get a nice job <laughs> with benefits <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and have a family. That's, that's what my life uh, was supposed to be if I was lucky. Um, so, you know, my mom really needing to get out of South Africa was in the late seventies and eighties is very violent, um, dangerous for her and I, uh, mm-hmm. so she chose to come to Canada and, uh, and I'm so grateful. Um, I live a life that I really only dreamed about when I was a kid. Yeah. It's wow. amazing to me. Wow, because I know um, some of my listeners, listeners, most of them are uh, listening from South Africa, and some of uh, my followers are from South Africa. So I always, mm-hmm. always am curious to hear and to hear their stories, and you know, know about the culture and how they feel about uh, American culture. So it's it's always interesting to talk with them. Um, before I let you go, Candice, how can fans follow you? I know you're on social media. How can people uh, – oh, one more thing. Will you, Once yeah. the show premiere, will you guys be doing any live tweeting? Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. It's October 5th. Yeah, I'm, absolutely there will be live tweeting. Great. <laughs> um, we're, we're screening here um, on the West Coast a little earlier um, on the first, just privately, but then uh, on the fifth, yeah, we we will all be there a hundred percent. We're as excited to see it as as you guys are. And shout out to everybody in South Africa. Um, they're gonna make fun of my accent, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, people do because when I go back to South Africa, that's when my my accent changes, and they're like, "Didn't she sound differently?" Um, just a consequence of when I immigrated, but. You know, South Africa now is totally, it's totally different. Wow. People have amazing careers in South Africa. There's a, there's a fully functioning film and television industry. Um, there is a lot of international co-production, but there is a really healthy, vibrant, amazing local industry in South Africa. I go back to South Africa all the time. I was back twice last year and once the year before that. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely still my home. So shout out to all the South Africans. All right. Well, Candice, I'm going to um, ask you to all the listeners, again, since you are on social media, let people mm-hmm. know how they can follow you. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Candice McClure, K-A-N-D-Y-S-E-M-C-C-L-U-R-E, really imaginative. Also on Twitter uh, at Candice McClure. Um, uh, CandyMac.com, if anybody still looks at websites. <laughs> I know my friends are like, why do you still have a website? I'm like, I don't know. There it is, <laughs> candymac.com, um, and of course, uh, Candice McClure, Candice with a K, a Y and an S, um, on Facebook. Wow, I'd like to thank you, Candice, again for taking the time out from your busy schedule to talk with us today, and I wish you much continued success. Make sure everyone you check out Candice on the new sci-fi series Ghost Wars that premieres on October fifth. Thanks again, mm-hmm. Candice. Thank you, Tammy. You have a great day. You too. Bye. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, that was the beautiful actress, Candace McClure. Again, make sure you watch the series premiere on October 5th on the Sci-Fi Channel. Make sure you follow Candace on Twitter and Instagram at Candace McClure. That's K-A-N-D-Y-S-E-M-C-C-L-U-R-E. And also, they will be doing live tweeting that night. Of course, you know of the time zone uh, where the East Coast will we will probably start live tweeting earlier or first because of the time zone. But make sure you uh, check her out. And uh, right now we have here 30 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to a special 
edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and a few celebrity interviews. Uh, I will be taking a commercial break, and I'll be back, so don't go anywhere. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo, and I love the fact that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. However, the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks is able to help provide over 3 billion meals to children and families in need all across the country. Join me in the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes I do the same things over and over until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Right now, we have 28 minutes left remaining in the show. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to a special edition of That's Entertainment. Uh, earlier, my guest was Miss Candace McClure. Uh, you've seen her in such shows like Battlestar Galactica, Hemlock Grove, and now she can be seen as uh, Dr. Landis Barker in the new sci-fi series, Ghost Wars, which premieres on October 5th. So make sure you check it out. Uh, if you can't get a chance to listen to the show live, you can always uh, go back here on Blog Talk Radio and listen to the archives. Uh, we also uh, post the show, the link to our Facebook page. You can follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash thatsentertainment.radio. You can also check the broadcast on stitcher.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R-S. It's a website that has over 80,000-plus radio shows and podcasts. Just type in That's Entertainment Online Radio in the search box, and you'll be able to listen to the archive from that website as well. 27 minutes left remaining in the show. Now it's time for uh, our weekly entertainment news. Uh, hit it. All right. Well, everybody's talking about the Kardashian clan. It just never stops growing. Khloe Kardashian and her boyfriend, Tristan Thomas, are expecting a child together. This was reported yesterday afternoon. Uh, the couple began dating in September of 2016. They first started seeing each other while Kardashian was separated from her husband, Lamar Odom. On Keeping Up with the Kardashians, she said they were set on a happy couple uh, they had spent the happy couple had spent the uh, time during Christmas and New Year's together, and the reality star was spotted courtside at Thompson's Cleveland Cavalier games. Now, during the June season finale of Keeping Up with the Kardashian, the Good American designer said she and Thompson had already talked about starting a family. On Monday, Kardashian posted a Instagram selfie uh, where she was in sweatpants and a bikini top, showing her still flat stomach. Now, Thompson didn't respond to speculation, but he also he tweeted eye emojis Tuesday after the news broke. The report comes just days after news that her younger sister, Kylie Jenner, is also expecting a baby with boyfriend Travis Scott. Kim Kardashian is also expecting her third child via surrogate with husband Kanye West. Thompson has a nine-month-old son, Prince, with ex-girlfriend Jordan Craig. Jason Derulo has reportedly become the latest victim of a rash of celebrity burglaries. The Watch Us Say singer had $300,000 worth of cash and jewelry stolen from his Los Angeles home last Friday afternoon. 
police are considering the burglary an inside job. The gossip site had reported Derulo was out of town when the break-in occurred. A string of burglaries have hit L.A. this year, targeting celebrities including Drake, Nicki Minaj, Kendall Jenner, Demi Lovato, and Alana Morissette. And two of the film's biggest names are, two film industry biggest names are teaming up once again, uh, this time from a for a drama about President Teddy Roosevelt. Leonardo DiCaprio will portray Roosevelt in the upcoming movie, while his longtime collaborator, Martin Scorsese, will serve as the director. The project is empty title Roosevelt, and it was especially intriguing to DiCaprio, DiCaprio due to the 26th American president accomplishment regarding nature uh, preservation, including his effort within the nation's woods, forests, and national parks. The actor's uh, foundation, called the Leonardo DiCaprio Foundation, is devoted to the conservation of the planet. The film has apparently been floated in the past but did not end up coming to uh, fusion. The upcoming movie will be distributed by Paramount, and a target release date is not currently known. It's the latest prominent movie that DiCaprio and Scorsese have come together for. Their past partnership includes Shutter Island, Gangs of New York, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, and The Aviator. They have uh, they have two more productions: A Killer of the Flower Moon and Devil in the White City. That's going to be coming down the pipeline as well. DiCaprio will also serve as a producer for Roosevelt through his Appian Way Company. Roosevelt, who once served as New York governor, took over the Oval Office in 1901 after President William McKinley was assassinated. He remained the American commander-in-chief through 1909. At 42, Roosevelt is still the youngest president to ever take office. And Sofia Vergara is the modern-day queen of TV. The actress who starred as Gloria Pritchett on Modern Family is the highest-paid television actress for a sixth straight year. And this is according to Forbes. The 45-year-old star earned that title once again by taking home $41.5 million pre-tax between June 1, 2016 and June 1, 2017, which is the time frame Forbes uses for its calculations. That's over $15 million more than the second highest paid actress, Big Bang Theory star Kaylee uh, Coco, uh, who earned $26 million over that span. Only about one-fourth of Vergara's income comes from her starring role on her smash hit ABC sitcom. However, more than half of her overall annual paycheck comes from endorsements with her sponsorships, including deals with Pepsi, CoverGirl, and Head & Shoulders. The Mindy Project star Mindy Kaling and Grey's Anatomy veteran Ellen Pompeo tied for third, each ranking $13 million. And Mar- uh, Mar- uh, Mariska Hargitay of Law & Order, SVU, she placed fifth at $12.5 million, while Vergara Modern Fa- Family co-star Julie Bowen, she came in sixth at $12 million. Carrie Washington of Scandal finished seventh on the Forbes list, which came out on Tuesday with $11 million in income. Quantico actress Priyanka Chopra, she earned $10 million. House of Cards star Robin Wright, $9 million. And Paulie Perrette of NCIS, $8.5 million. Forbes released his highest-paid film actors and actresses last month. Mark Wahlberg, le- uh, he leads all male stars with $68 million earning over the, the same 12-month stretch, while Emma Stone led all female movie stars at $26 million in a clear example of Hollywood's gender-wide gap, wage gap. And Chip and Joanna Gaines are saying goodbye to Fixer Upper. The Waco, Texas couple announced Tuesday that the upcoming fifth season of their hit AGTV home renovation show will be their last. The couple wrote on their blog saying, quote, It is with both sadness and expectation that we share the news that season five of Fixer Upper will be our last. While we are confident that this is the right choice for us, it has for sure not been an easy one to come to terms with. Our family has grown up alongside your and we have felt you rooting us on from this other side of the screen, unquote. The first season of Fixer Upper debuted in 2014, and Chip and Joanna, along with their passion for Ship Lab, 
quickly became household names and their show one of HGTV's most popular. In each episode, Joanna designed a home renovation for a couple while Chip served as a lead contractor. The series got a spinoff earlier this year in Behind the Design, which features Joanna offering insight into her designs. The fifth and final season kicks off on November 28th. And President Trump repeated criticism of the NFL national anthem protest, coupled with his less visible rhetoric about helping Puerto Rico, has struck a sour note with singer Mark Anthony. The musician blasts Trump for devoting so much of his public attention to the pregame demonstrations of hundreds of football players rather than Puerto Rico, which was devastated by Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Maria in recent weeks. Uh, this is what he this is what Mark Anthony said, uh, quote, Mr. President, sh- shut the F up about NFL. Do something about our people in need of hashtag Puerto Rico. Now, Anthony tweeted this on Monday night. Uh, he said that Puerto Ricans are American citizens, too. Now, Anthony's parents are both from Puerto Rico. While he was born here in New York, the Caribbean island was hit by Irma, then ravaged by Maria, leaving the entire island without power and an outage that could last for months. Trump tweeted about the state of Puerto Rico on Monday night, mentioning the island owes billions of dollars. See, that's all he cares about is the money. Not the people, the money. Pitbull is sending his private plane to Puerto Rico so that cancer patients can receive treatment in the United States. Puerto Rico Congresswoman Jennifer Gonzalez thanked the singer, whose real name is Armando Christian Perez, for his good deed on Twitter on Tuesday. He said his effort to help Puerto Rican cancer patients was the least he could do. Hurricane Maria devastated Puerto Rico, leaving again the entire island without power. The Miami-based rapper is well known for chart toppers, including On the Floor, I Know You Want Me, and give me everything. He's also recognized his, uh, for as his education-related charity work. In two, 2013, he opened a public charter school in his hometown. He hopes to open a second school in Baltimore by September 2018. And Aerosmith will have to miss several upcoming concerts due to Stephen Taylor's health concerns. The rock group canceled four Latin American shows in Brazil, Chile, Argentina, and Mexico after Tyler experienced unexpected medical issues. It's currently unclear what is ailing the band frontman. A statement of the band website said, quote, unfortunately due to unexpected medical issues, lead singer Steven Tyler is seeking immediate care and has been advised by his doctor that he cannot travel or perform at this time. The statement said Tyler is expected to make a full recovery with rest and treatment. Tyler provides similar assurance in a quote published to the website. He said, quote, please not to worry. I am not in a life-threatening condition, but I need to deal with this right away and get some rest and medical care immediately in order to sustain and maintain my future performances. I promise I'll be back, unquote. The Dream On Rocker has been scheduled to perform in Brazil on Wednesday and Santiago, Chile on Saturday. They were then slated to perform in Rosario, Argentina on uh, October 3rd before wrapping up the set of shows in Monterrey, Mexico on October 7th. And crew members for the weekend have been accused of raping a woman backstage at one of the singer's recent shows. The two unnamed men were working for the weekend's September 19th show in the Scottenstein Center at Ohio State University when they allegedly used their hands, feet, and teeth to rape a female concert girl backstage following the singer concert. Now, this was according to documents obtained by TMZ. Police believe that those involved were drunk at the time and said that the hands, feet, and teeth were used as weapons in the alleged assault. Members of the crew are often chosen by location and have no direct affiliation with the artist who was said to have left the venue before the reported incident occurred. The incident is still under investigation, according to the report, and no arrests have been made. And Jesse Williams' continuous divorce saga with his longtime wife have reportedly reached a key resolution. The Grey Anatomy actor had agreed to pay $160,000 to his estranged spouse 
Aaron Drake Lee as part of a temporary settlement. Under the agreement, William will provide $100,000 in child and spousal support to Drake Lee. He'll also fork over an additional 60000 to cover legal fees and other expenses. That overall sum will be broken down into three installments, which will come from three of William's future Grey Anatomy paychecks. William and his wife, filed for divorce this past April after being married for almost five years. They recently reached a temporary custody agreement that gives them joint guardianship of their two young kids, a three-year-old daughter, Sadie, and one-year-old son, Maceo. And Wendy Williams, she brought rumors about her husband, Kevin Hunter, alleged infidelity to a screeching halt. Responding to a Daily Mail article perpetrating uh, per- per- perpetuating those claims during Tuesday episode of her syndicated talk show. Uh, she said uh, that she's a straight shooter. Now, all you have to do is Google him and you can see the story. You can't, you can believe what you want, but she says she stand by her guy, and that's when she flashed her wedding ring at the camera. She then urged fans not to believe the hype. William joked that she's awaiting the newest development in the story. This isn't the first time Williams has spoken about her husband's rumored double life. Her responses come one day after the Daily Mail published an article alleging that Hunter, has been, uh, who's 46, had been having an affair with a message, uh, massage therapist named Sharina Hudson. The woman in question is 32 years old, and the Daily Mail alleged in the story that Hunter purchased a home for Hudson nine miles down the road from their New Jersey home he and Williams share. Now, Hunter alleged fair has supposedly been going on for over 10 years. He and Williams will have been married for two decades in November. The pair share a 17-year-old child together named Kevin Jr., and Pretty Woman, the musical based on the hit 1990 movie starring Julia Roberts and Richard Gill, will arrive on Broad Gear. Will sorry, Richard Gear will arrive on Broadway a year from now. The show will star Samantha Barks as Vivian, the prostitute who captured the heart of rich businessman Edward, who played was by who be played by uh, once uh, Tony winner Steve Casey. The show's score is by singer Brian Adams and his longtime songwriting partner, Jim Valence, and the book by Gary Marshall and the film screenwriter, J.F. Lawton. Jerry Mitchell, who currently represents on Broadway with Kinky Boots, will choreograph and direct. Pretty Woman, the musical, will begin a five-week run at the Oriental Theater in Chicago on March 13th, while the date for the Broadway performance begins in the fall of 2018 at the Netherlander Theater and it will be later announced. And you have to wait a little bit longer, I say about 525,600 minutes for the live broadcast of Rent. Fox announced Monday that the TV adaptation of Jonathan Larson, Tony, and Pulitzer Prize winning musical will air January 27, 2019. Rent follows a group of struggling artists and musicians in the East Village facing poverty and the HIV-AIDS epidemic. The show opened off-Broadway in 1996 before moving to the Great White Way, where it won Tony Awards for Best Musical, Book of a Musical, and Original Score. The 2005 movie star Anthony Rapp Adam Pascal, Rosario Dawson, Jesse L. Martin, Aldina Mazel, and Tay Diggs. Rent will follow a Christmas story, which is scheduled to air on Fox in December. ABC and NBC recently postponed their live musical, Little Mermaid, and Bye Bye Birdie until next year. Wow. And I think Bye Bye Birdie is the one that will have... uh, it was supposed to be have the Jennifer Lopez in it, so we have to wait and see. Mm. Eleven minutes after, uh, eleven minutes left remaining in the show. If you're just tuning in, we had a special edition this afternoon. Today, I had welcomed my special guest, Candice McClure. Uh, Candice can be seen, and uh, she's very unknown in the sci-fi genre. She's been uh, known for her role as uh, Anastasia in the sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. She was in the movie Seventh Son, which I forgot to mention to her that I got the chance to watch 
over uh, this past weekend on HBO and in the Netflix Hemlock Grove. Now she can be seeing the new sci-fi series Ghost Wars, which premieres on October 5th. Also, make sure you follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Candice McClure. That's K-A-N-D-Y-S-E-M-C-C-L-U-R-E. This Friday, tune in this Friday. That's right, uh, September the 28th, where my special guest will be British actor Mark Jackson. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be here to talk about his new series. He's gonna, he's currently in the series, The Orville. Uh, he plays Isaac, the artificial officer in Seth MacFarlane's new comedy, which premiered already. It premiered on Sunday, September 10th. So make sure you tune in on 1 p.m. Eastern on Friday, September 29th, where my special guest will be actor Mark Jackson. And um, Mark Jackson is also, um, he's very well known um, in the theater elm. Uh, he was in several uh theater productions. He was in the international tour of One Man, Two Gunner. He was in the award-winning show Noises Off. And he also played opposite Robert Powell in Agatha's Christie Black Coffee. And get this, he also played Captain Stewart in the National Theater acclaimed production of War Horse. So he's a very accomplished voiceover artist. Uh, You know, he's He's from that kind of background, the theater background. So it'll be interesting to talk with him on Friday. Again, that's going to be Friday, September the 28th, where my special guest will be British actor Mark Jackson. All right, uh, eight minutes left remaining left in the show. I'd like to thank Candice for coming by the show today. I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in every Wednesday afternoon between 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you like the show and you want to know more about the show, make sure you click on the follow-up button on the top of the show page, and that way you will get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Just go to That's Entertain 1, that's T-H-A-T-S, Entertain, and the number 1. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14, Stiletto like the shoe, S-T-I-L-E-T-T-O, and the number 14. And also like us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com forward slash That's Entertainment.radio. And again, uh, if you cannot listen, because I know like... We we live busy lives. I know sometimes it's, it's hard to listen to a live broadcast for an hour. It's it's always good to even listen for the for whatever you can, ten minutes, fifteen, half an hour. That's fine. But uh, again, if you can't get to listen to the whole show in its entirely, you can always go back to the archives here on Blog Talk Radio. And also, we're also on iTunes. You can also catch the show there, download the show, and you can also find us on Stitcher.com. Right now, we have seven minutes left remaining in the show. That's going to do it for me for this day. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibbs. Have a great day. Stay safe. And make sure you tune in again this Friday, September 28th, where my special guest will be Mark Jackson from the new Fox series, The Orville. Have a great day. Stay, stay, Stay safe. And I'll talk to you next time. Take care.